Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and bless you and thank you for another opportunity, Father, to come together, to fellowship some, to, to worship you, to honor you, and to hear your word. Father, we're determined right now in the name of Jesus to hear what you have for us. We have ears to hear, Father God. We have ears to hear with the intent of being a doer of your word. Father, we just thank you and praise you for everything you're about to show us in your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Well, this is our, our fifth session on the authority of the believer. What we've been seeing so far is that everything is governed by authority. There is no way to escape authority. It's kind of funny when you get like a, a rebel teenager trying to avoid authority at home, for example. And what do they do? They end up running into much more powerful authority outside. You cannot escape authority. Authority is everywhere. Authority dominates the realm of the spirit. Authority dominates this natural world. And we know that God, with authority, created everything that we can see in creation. And then he passed some of that authority on to mankind. He told man to have dominion over the earth and all of his creation on the earth. And when God gave that word, he gave it, as we taught you, with no strings attached. It, it's saint or sinner. There's no strings attached. If you're born on the earth, you have a right to that, that dominion, that authority. This is where the devil comes along. You see, the devil comes along and Jesus told us that he who comes into the sheepfold outside of the normal way, which is what? Being born is a thief. In other words, Satan tried to come in the earth, not the normal way. Even Jesus was born of a woman, right? He was born of a woman which gave him authority. And as I taught you, the things that you see Jesus doing in the earth, in his earth walk before he ever went to the cross, he was not doing on his authority as God. He was doing it as his authority as a man, as a person created in God's image on this earth. We need to understand that because a lot of times we'll excuse things. Well, he's God. Come on. He's Jesus. Come on. No, he did it as a man. Remember, in Philippians, it tells us that he laid down that God had powers, his divine privileges, so to speak. He laid that down and was born as a man. He's just like you and me in that respect. He can relate to us. He can connect with us because, again, he is a man. He is all God, but at the same time, all man. And so we need to understand that Jesus used his authority in the earth again as a man that we witness, that we see in the scriptures. We mentioned last week that the power behind authority is released through words. And that's how we see God create everything. And it's also how we see Jesus issue the authority he has as a man. While he walked on the earth, he had power of the enemy. He spoke to wind, waves, trees. He spoke to the dead. He spoke to demons. He spoke to sickness. Anything that was in his way, anything that he wanted to see changed, he spoke to it, and every single one of those items had to obey. Why? Because he was given dominion. 
All right. God gave man dominion and he was exercising that. He believed it and he exercised it. Now, Jesus eventually, as we talked about, kind of skipping around a little bit, Jesus eventually, he came for a purpose and that was what? to defeat the enemy, to take care of the enemy. That eventually came where he defeated Satan once and for all, stripped him of his authority and power. And that is where you and I are today. The devil, as far as we are concerned, as far as believers is concerned, is a defeated foe. He is our enemy, but he is a weakened enemy. He is a toothless enemy. He is a powerless enemy. The only thing he has going for him is deceit and he's very good at deceit he is excellent at it he is incredibly good at it jesus himself called him the father of lies he is the master of deception but if we understand god's word and we look to it and we look at the truth and we understand it and apply it in our life it still doesn't matter to us he may be roaming around the earth, but he's got no authority over you, and he's got no authority over me. And that's important. In other words, he's powerless against the believer in Christ. Now, last week, we started talking about authority some in the area of delegated authority. The word delegated, as I mentioned last week, briefly, is a person sent or authorized to represent someone else. So Jesus delegated his authority to you and I. It's ours to use. Matthew 28, if you want to reference this, Matthew 28, verses 18 and the beginning of 19, Jesus said he came before everyone after the resurrection, and he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. How many believe him? He said, all authority. Everybody say all. Is there any left after all? All means all, right? There's no room. There's nothing left. So all authority in heaven and in earth belongs to Jesus. And then he turned around and delegated it to you and me. He said, go therefore. What was he saying? All authority has been given to me. Now I'm delegating it to you. Go therefore. He went on to heaven. He's seated at the Father's right hand. He is the head of the body right? He's the one directing and moving and motioning, but we are the body. Well, the head and the body are attached. So in other words, whatever authority the head has, the body certainly has. And so we need to understand that when the enemy sees you, who does he really see? He sees Jesus. He sees him. Don't look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, I'm just so weak. I'm just so pathetic. You need to see yourself in Christ. That's how the enemy sees you. He is scared to death of you. You know, we've all heard the whole thing about like, you know, animals are afraid of people. I mean, animals, they act all, but the reality is they're just doing that in response to fear because they're afraid of us. Well, that's true, but the enemy, he does the same thing. He tries to yell, tries to scare you, but the reality is he's the one afraid. He's afraid of what? He's afraid you're going to deal with him. He's afraid you're going to kick him out. He's afraid that his days are numbered running around in your life. And so we need to understand that we have been given authority from Christ, who has all authority, and again, been issued to you and I. To what end? 
for his purposes, to build the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus tells us to go in his name. Everybody say, go in his name. This kind of reiterates what he's saying. He gave us his name with his authority. Well, his name represents who he is. And he said, go in my name. Don't go in your name. Go in my name. You know, there's a big difference. If you are going to be an ambassador to another country, you don't go in your name. It's not about you. You represent the the nation you come from. You represent everything is taken care of for you personally. You're speaking for the other nation. Well, Jesus gave us his name. He said, go in my name. Don't go in your name. Go in my name. Man, I tell you, when you get the revelation and understanding of what he's talking about, you become fearless. There's nothing you can't face. Why should I be afraid of the enemy? He can blab all he wants about how I'm going to fail, but I'm not going to. It's just a lie. Why? Because I'm in Christ. And I guarantee you, Satan does not want to face him. You remember their last encounter didn't work out too well for the devil. In his domain, too. Did it? No, it didn't work out at all, praise God. Now, we are representatives of Jesus to this world. His authority is our authority. Say it with me again. His authority is my authority. All right, that's how you need to see it. And you need to say it, and you need to say it, and you need to say it. Why? Because you need to get it down in you. You need to have it at the top of your mind. His authority is my authority. I'm not operating on my own. Authority, as we said, is delegated power. In this case, the power is the power of God. There's no greater power, guys, than that. It is the power of God backing up the authority that you and I have been given. God's power is backing the authority that Jesus gave us. Now think about it. Our God. There's no one like our God. He is a mighty God. He is is everything. And He is backing up. He is making sure that as we step out in His Word, as we honor that authority and we walk it out, that things are coming to pass, that, that, that it has to happen. The devil has no choice. He has to yield. You understand that? You need to see it when you read and you'll see how, for example, demons would just come before Jesus through people and just tremble. You need to see Him the same way with you. His victory is my victory. His authority is my authority. Amen? Say it with me. His victory is my victory. For example, 1 John 4, 4. Go there with me real quickly. I know we've been referring to this a lot, but it is so good for us. 1 John 4, 4. Most of you know this by heart. Again, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. Say it with me. I'm of God. I'm a child of God. Now, you just say it like you mean it, because think about what you're saying. I read an article yesterday that said that last week Bill Gates joined the two-multi-billionaire club, the 100-billionaire club. There's only two people in the world, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, and Bill Gates now again. Two people, guys, worth over $100 billion. That's a lot of money. 
Now, wouldn't it be nice to be related to one of them? What do you think his birthday gifts might consist of? Certainly not a $10 gift card to Chick-fil-A. He might say, here's a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we're going to go buy you a car. Man, he ain't going to go buy you a 1978 Vega. Right? I mean, think about it. How many of you guys think a million dollars is a lot of money? It's not. Think about it now. You could do some basic math and over just a period of so much of your life, you've went through a million. It's not that big of a deal anymore. And if you're impressed by a million, you get some room to grow. I'm not impressed by a million dollars. Now, start getting to about a billion. We're talking some money here. I mean, we're talking a hundred million. I mean, <laughs> that's money. Okay, just getting to a million's one thing. But a hundred million is another. Now multiply that again by a hundred. He couldn't burn through that money in his lifetime if he wanted to. Think about the interest alone. If you were to take a billion dollars and put it in the bank, you could live better than most people in the United States and not ever work again for the rest of your life. Think about it for a minute, right? Now, we could be impressed by all that. Man, man, that's a lot of money. Man, he could write multiple billion-dollar checks and not even phase things, not even blink an eye. Yet our God is so much greater than that. And yet we seem to think, oh man, if we only had this or if we only had that or what about this problem or how big this issue is. And we not only serve God, but I'm a child of God. I belong in the throne room. He's my daddy. I can talk to him anytime. I'm his child. Listen to me carefully. <laughs> I don't have to wait till someone dies to get my inheritance jesus already did you get it jesus already did in fact he's the only guy who died to came back and oversee it <laughs> do you think if, if listen to me if all the gold all the silver all the cattle is on this earth and the bible says it belongs to him then where does that make us? What does that make us? I'm telling you guys, say it again, I'm a child of God. Say it again like you mean it, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Say it again, I'm a child of God. I want you to say it till you get happy. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Now listen to this. He says here, now, again, we're looking at authority, okay? I am a child of God. That's what I like to say. You are of God, little children. So that means I am a child of God. I belong to Him. And it says, have overcome them. Have overcome them is what? Tense. Past tense. When did Jesus defeat the devil? A couple thousand years ago, right? So it's already done. I've already overcome them. Say it with me. I've already overcome the devil. Say it again. I've already overcome the devil. Didn't that what the Bible says? Do you believe that? You say you do, but do you believe that? Because if you did, your face would show it. Dear God, I'm a child of the living God. Do you know what that means? That means what? Everything is mine. 
everything is mine. That I don't have a need in my life. I got no lack in my life. There's not a sickness and disease on this planet that can touch me. Why? I've already overcome. I've already overcome. But see, you've got to get that revelation on the inside of you, not just here. When you get it down here, oh, I'm telling you what, there's nothing stopping you. The enemy cannot stop you. And I'm telling you what, you'll say that. And I see, even as I say it, joy begins to bubble up on the inside of me. The more I say it. Somebody's like, why do you keep on repeating that? Because the more you say the word of God, the more joy will start bubbling up. The more you realize this is true. And if it's true, that means it's true. That means it's true. Isn't that right? It's true. Amen. So look here. We're not even done yet because this gets good. So here you are. You are of God. I'm a child of God. Already overcome. Already happened, right? Already done because. Everybody say because. Say it again. Because. Now look at your Bible. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now say it with me. Because. He is greater. Say it with me again. Because he is greater. Why have I overcome? Because he is greater. Why? Why? Listen to me. Why am I a child of God? Because he's greater. Because he's greater. So the devil says, well, how that's going to work out? You tried this and you tried that. How is it going to work out? Because he's greater. Because he's greater. Are you getting it? I'm telling you guys, you're not getting it. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's my answer to everything. Everything. Because he's greater. Because. How am I going to overcome sickness and disease? Because he's greater. You understand that? (laughs) Yeah. You need to do what I'm talking about. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Meditate, you were just about to explode. Amen? I mean, that's what will change your life. That if you'll take a scripture like this and just say over and over and over and over. Ask the Holy Ghost to open your eyes and over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, you'll say it one time, oh my gosh, that's true. It's real. It's real. It's real. There's nothing. Man, if I've already overcome, I've already overcome. That means what? long as I walk in love, I can't fail. I can't fail. I cannot fail. Say it with me. I can't fail. Why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That needs to be your answer for everything. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. All right. Jesus has all authority, and he passed it on to you and me. You see, when we use that authority through the name of Jesus against the enemy, the enemy heard Jesus speak. He can't do anything about it. He is done for. You ought to be walking around so full of life, so full of the Word of God, that the devil is running every direction you walk. Wants to avoid you. You come near a bar and the place ought to empty out. You ever see those sleazy bars? No windows and all. No good happening in there. Right? I guarantee you're not going to walk in there and find someone praying in tongues. What I'm saying is, why is it all dark? Why is it all gloomy like that? 
Hey, nothing about God that way. What does the Bible say? God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. At all. At all. Amen? God is light. All right, so let's look at his authority is our authority. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Go with me. Book of Ephesians chapter 1. Man, I'll tell you, I just get so excited about this. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 15. We're going to read through here and I'll, I'll point out some things to you. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. So you got to picture Paul writing this letter to the people at Ephesus. Okay, to the church at Ephesus. And he says, well, let's just start reading again. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And so here's his prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So there were three specific things that he was praying. But I want you to notice again, everybody say, his authority is my authority. Now look at verse 20, because we get to the prayer. Then he starts to explain some things which he worked in Christ, so according to the working of his mighty power. Let's go back to verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Say, I'm a believer. Amen. What do believers do? We believe. Amen. I'm a believer. So right here, toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Everybody say far above. above. Now, what we're about to read is authority. Okay? These are authorities. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. All these are rulers and authorities. They're different levels. So he's saying that Jesus was raised from the dead by the mighty working of God, and he was placed in heavenly places. Where above them? Far above. Everybody say far above. Far above all rulers, all authorities. Far above. Everybody say far above again. So far above. All rulers, authorities, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's saying not only in the church age, but in the age to come. And he put, he put, everybody say he put, all things under his feet. So is everything under the feet of Jesus? Now where's Jesus? Far above. Everybody say far above. So he is far above all authorities, all powers, and his feet, everything's under. All right? You got that so far? Look what it says. And gave him, Jesus, to be head 
over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What is the fullness of Christ? The body, the church, the church, the church. Everybody say the church. Say, I'm part of the body. Now listen, listen. Where is Jesus? He's at the Father's right hand, far above. And everything is below his feet. Who's the feet? Who's everything feet and above? You and I. You and I. So what does that tell you? Every authority, every power, everything that can be named, everything is under our feet. Everything. Everybody say everything. You just don't seem that excited. Everything. That means cancer is under my feet. Say it with me. Cancer is under my feet. Lack is under my feet. The devil is under my feet. Amen? I mean everything you can think of is under your feet. Under mine. Under yours. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 1. I like this. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you, everybody say, me. Say it like you mean it, me. Because that's who he's talking to you. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that talking about? The devil. The spirit who now works in who? Well, the the sons of disobedience. Disobedience. Not you and me. Say, I'm obedient. obedient. Amen? The sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once, everybody say once, conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, but no more. Amen? No more. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But see, what he's saying is, that ain't no more. It ain't no more that way. You get it? It's no more that way. I'm not that person anymore. Verse 4, but God. Everybody say, but God. Don't you like the but gods? But God. Amen? Amen? But God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, now look what it says, made us alive together with Christ. Say, I'm alive together with Christ. Say it again, I'm alive together with Christ. Say it one more time, I'm alive together with Christ. You need to quit saying, I'm saved. Say, I'm alive together with Christ. Because notice what it says. What does it say? By grace you have been saved. It's talking about salvation. So I'm alive together. Everybody say together. Together. I'm not by myself. I'm alive together with Christ. Together with Him. I'm one with Him. Say it with me. I'm one with Christ. You can't separate me from Christ. Say it. You can't separate me from Christ. You need to see yourself in Him. In Him. I'm alive together in Him. Not on my own. Amen? I'm alive together in Him. Now, it doesn't end there. Praise God. Made us alive together with Christ. Look at verse 6. 
and raised us up together. Everybody say together. together. Notice what it says. Raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Who were we seated with? In Christ. Where are we seated? In heavenly places. Who are we seated next to? The heavenly Father. So where are you? I'm at the Father's right hand in Christ. I belong there. I belong there. I'm a child of God, and the throne room is where I belong. I belong there. Say it with me. I belong there. You think some of you like, well, my gosh, boy, he's wound up. I've been meditating on this stuff. I've been soaking myself in it, marinating in it. I'm telling you guys, this is victory. This is, I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's best. I'm not going to be intimidated by the enemy. I'm not going to be intimidated by big money. You understand? I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I don't care what tries to stand in my way. How about you? I'm not going to let the devil come in my family and cause sickness and disease, cause a split, cause division, cause confusion, steal my kids. How about you? Or anybody in this church for that matter. I'm not going to let the devil walk up. That'd be no different. Sometimes you need to get in your head. You would never let someone walk in your home and just slap your wife across the face, would you? But yet you'll let the devil walk in and do all kinds of things and just... Well, you know, I'm just me. I'm just, I don't want to stir anything up. And I don't want any trouble. Well, guess what? Trouble came looking for you. You're in trouble. You're in this earth. The enemy's still here. You get it? So you can either cower in fear and hide in a corner, or you can face him and tear him to pieces in your life. Until he so fears you, he runs away all the time. Do you really think the devil runs into Jesus or runs away from Jesus? Think about it. Think about it for a minute. You are the same. He raised us up together. He made us sit together. That's where I am. Together. I'm with Christ. I'm not hiding in Him like I'm some peon. I'm raised up together with Him. Amen? Together. Everybody say, say it again. Together. together. I'm one with Him. And when the devil sees me, he sees Him. Amen? But the same goes on the positive side. I don't have to not have more than enough. I don't have to not have health in my life. I can have all those things. I can pursue these things. Listen to me. Do not limit yourself by your income. Some of you just, you just say things and you lock yourself into a box. Don't do that. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. If you're at where your job is at right now, it just might be where the Lord wants you, but that still does not limit him to that job. You understand what I'm saying? You could have a $100,000 side thing going on. God supplies your needs, not the job. What is the job a means for? When you get your act together and you grow up in tithe, and you honor the Lord, your job is to give you income to give, not to live off. That's really what the Bible says. That's what Paul says. Or you have a means of income to sow. He didn't say anything about you living off of it. But see, we got to grow in our thinking. we got to realize, wait a minute. See, our thinking is, well, if we give it all away, then we won't 
have it. But I thought, wait a minute, I thought I was seated with him in heavenly places. I thought I'm above all authority and power. Who's trying to hold it back from me? The devil. And see, our own words let him. Our own thinking lets him. I'm telling you what, guys. Growing in a lot of things has (laughs) sometimes less to do with your actions and more with your thinking. If you think a certain way, no matter what you try to do in life, you'll never get past it. You'll never get past As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He's locked in that box. So until you begin to change your thinking, until you begin to renew your mind in certain areas, you'll always be stuck in that area. So break free from it. Amen? Meditate on the Word. Grab what we're talking about until eat it, need it, need it till you're almost sick of it. Then you know you're right where you need to be. Amen. My old pastor used to say, I know I'm really good in a song when I, when I almost can't stand it anymore. But he said, that's when I'm good at it. You understand what I'm saying? Absorb it, absorb it, absorb it until you're like, oh, I can't take it anymore. But you're just growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Amen. All right. So we need to understand as we're reading in this, what the Lord is telling us is that, again, we were made alive together with christ he was raised up we were raised together with him he's seated at the father's right hand far above all authority and power and dominion that's where i am that's where i am i'm the body of christ he's the head and i'm here on the earth i need to act like that i need to act like a king's kid i'm a child of god i got no lack dear god my father owns everything How could I possibly lack? So what does that do? Give me a boldness to do whatever the Lord tells me to do. I'm not going to concern myself with where my next meal's coming from. See, that's the problem is everybody's concerning themselves with all these other things. And the Lord's saying, why don't you just seek me first? Why don't you just press in? Why don't you just not concern yourself with those things and press into me and what I'm saying? And all those other things will what? be added to you be added to you amen praise god okay so jesus's victory over the devil over sin over death is our victory we're in christ when he was raised from the dead we were raised with him we're in him we're one with christ say it again with me i'm one with christ listen the place of authority where jesus is physically right now at the right hand of the Father, is where you and I are. Jesus gave us His authority. He told us to go in His name. So, how much power is there in His authority? How far-reaching is it? Well, I want you to know that His authority exceeds Adam. The second Adam exceeds the first Adam. Look with me in Philippians chapter 2. I want to look at extended authority. How far does this authority go? Remember, whose authority do we have? We have His authority, right? His authority is our authority. Philippians chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, 
The name above every name. Say it with me. The name above every name. Does everything have a name? Yes. Everything has a name, and His name is above every name. Okay? Now notice what it says, verse 10. With that name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And it gives us three areas. Of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. You see that? Of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That is his authority that he passed on to you and me. Now, what bows their knee? Every being. Everybody say beings. I know it's strange to say, but beings. So what we're saying is, listen carefully. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those beings in heaven, of those beings on earth, and of those beings under the earth. So what does that say? That Listen to me carefully. Our authority, delegated by the Lord Jesus Christ, extends to beings in heaven, beings on earth, and beings in hell. There is no limit to that authority in all three realms. And that name has been given to you. Everything, listen to me, everything is under the name of Jesus. And that name is ours to use. Say it with me. Say everything. 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 Everything is under that name. And it will bow to the name of Jesus. I don't care if it's Satan himself. And I don't care if it's an angelic being. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's a tree. I don't care if it's a car. I don't care if it's the wind or waves. I don't care if it's a tornado. You hear me? The name of Jesus extends far beyond that. Now we could say beings in hell. You say, well, how would that impact us? Well, beings in hell get together and see how they can train wreck your life. Stop them. In the name of Jesus... Satan, I cancel every plan that you have against me. I cancel every plan against every member of this church. I cancel your plans against this church. I cancel your plans in Jesus' name. Guess what? It's canceled. It's canceled. See, here's where faith comes in. You might look at a circumstance and you don't see anything change. But Jesus talked to a tree and he didn't see anything change. But did he know that changed? How did he know that changed? Because he knew he had authority. It was given to Adam. And he walked in it. And he said, be cursed. No man eat fruit from you ever again. Instantly, instantly something began to happen. I didn't see it in the natural, but in those roots where you couldn't see it. What is that a type of? The spirit realm. You're talking. Is this a thing? What does this thing carry? Money. In different forms, it carries money. So can I talk to it? And say, wallet, in the name of Jesus, you be full. In Jesus' name, I declare my wallet is full. I declare abundance. I declare debt canceled in Jesus' name. Now, what is going to work? I'm going to say, well, I don't see any money popping in there. But is something happening? If I believe in my heart, 
and say with my mouth, how is authority released? Through words. Well, yes, faith in the words, but we're faith in God's word. But we still have to speak it, right? There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Amen. We are a force to be reckoned with. You understand that you can change the course of any area of your life by just the words that come out your mouth. You do not have to live with what the doctor says. It doesn't have to be that way. But you gotta, you got to make up your mind. Wait a minute now. The Lord says I'm free. And my body says, nope, I'm not. The doctor says, nope, I'm not. But God's word says what? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And so if I'll feed on that word and get that word in me, how do I get it in me? By meditating on it, by speaking it over and over and over. And as I sow that seed and I sow that seed and I sow that seed, then what's happening? I'm getting a, what do you get when you sow seed? You get a harvest. What's the harvest? Whatever the seed is you've been sowing. Whatever you've been sowing. So sow the right words. Sow the word of God over and over. Listen, quit trying to figure out how something's going to happen and just believe in the word of god and act on it quit trying to figure out well it's got to happen this way or it's got to happen that way i don't give a flip how it's going to happen i don't care all i care about is it happening right amen my kids all were born healthy i don't care how one came out cesarean. Wasn't in the plan, but nonetheless, that's the way it happened. The next one came out. Poof. I don't know. That was weird. But nonetheless, I took home all the kids healthy. I don't care. You understand what I'm saying? So when it comes to like increase in finances, quit thinking it's got to come through my job. It's got to, oh, I got to get some overtime. I got to figure out what to sell. I got to figure out what to do. I got to figure this out. I got to figure that out. And just start pressing into God and begin to speak life. Release the boundaries. In the name of Jesus, I call in those finances in Jesus' name from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Obey the word of God. You sow. Don't concern yourself how you reap. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You do your part. Don't concern yourself with the details like that. Amen? <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to shut up. I'm done. I'm going to stop right there. I'm not done, but guys, I'm riled up. I mean, I've been to two things I've been stirring myself up with. This stuff and joy. And boy, I tell you, they're combining really well. I mean, they're making a chemical reaction in me, so to speak, or a spiritual reaction, I should say. And uh, I'm telling you what, I am stirred up. I am stirred up. But I'm, I'm telling you guys, we need to understand we're in the last of the last days. Jesus is coming soon. Now, in our mind, what soon means soon, I don't know. God's idea of fast and our idea of fast are two different things. He operates on a different level. You understand what I'm saying? So if he said, well, I'm going to give it a couple more seconds. Dear Lord, that could be 200 years to us. You understand what I'm saying? But here's the deal. <laughs> Let's make our lives count. Let's make a difference. Let's let the world know that Christians were here. Amen? Let's take as many as we can. Let's restore some lives. Let's clean out some nursing homes. 
I mean, I can read some of the stories about the early Pentecostals and some of the things that did happen, and I thought, dear God, we know far more than they know. These guys were just stumbling on things and didn't have any idea what they were doing. And we got education coming out the wazoo and don't know what to do with it. Books everywhere. The problem is we see less power in some ways than we saw then. That ought not be so. I am determined. You know, the Lord has dealt with me a long time. I've had it in my spirit. Like reaching people, I am convinced that reaching people is connected to the fullness of the power of God, the love of God, and the Word of God. I'm convinced that you start getting some legs growing out, people are going to come. Am I right? You start getting, rumors start swirling around that you go to that church, you know, you leave healthy. Things can't stay in your body. Rumors like that will draw people in. The power of God being displayed, that's all on us. I say we get ourselves so stirred up that fire station comes by thinking the church is on fire as the Holy Ghost is burning up the place. Amen? Amen. Is that possible? Absolutely. I mean, the disciples back then had nothing on us. But you know what they did have? They were willing to give everything, sacrifice everything for Jesus. We sometimes, we got to work on that because we like our comfort. Pastor, I'm so excited. Woohoo! What do you mean you want prayer meeting on 7 o'clock on Monday night? Dear Lord, man, that's football time. That's my favorite show. Oh, Pastor, I, I don't know about that. But a minute ago, you were all excited wanting to see a move of God. How many of you know, listen to me carefully, you can't have it both ways. I was telling Andy, I took him out a couple weeks ago and we got to talking and I was sharing with him we used to have prayer meeting Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. I mean, 7 p.m. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been something? <laughs> 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Thursday night prayer meeting, 7 to 8. Wednesday service, I was there from about 6 to 9. Sunday night, we had service. Sunday morning, we had service. Saturday morning, we had work day. I might as well just camp my bed at the church because I was there more than I was home. But yet it seemed completely normal. It seemed completely normal. And we have gotten to the point that if we went to a third service, I think sometimes people would have a meltdown. (laughs) Three hours a week, Pastor. Do you understand the pressure? You know... And I'm thinking, we all want the power of God. But guess what, guys? Some of it, this is how we get it. Right here, on your knees. You get it in the Word of God. You don't get it through just having a normal church service and just living any old way we want outside these doors. There's got to be some holiness. There's got to be some sacrifice. There's got to be our heart is showing God, this is what I want. Not just something that is passive. What did the Lord say He would do if we were lukewarm? He'd spit us out. I believe God has more respect for somebody cold and honest than He does somebody lukewarm. If a, if a guy says, well, I just don't want anything to do with that, and they live their life and they're not faking it, I believe Jesus has more respect for that individual. At least they're honest. At least they're honest. Then we get a lot of Christians that say, whoo-ha, 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 until the pressure's on. 
until all of a sudden the difficulties. Now remember, what did I tell you guys would happen as we were approaching Sunday? Have you got yourself ready to say, devil, come hell or high water, I ain't missing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Because I, I told you guys, I told you, he will start working on you. He will start working on you. Why? He didn't want to hear you that. Why? Joy is connected to victory. You cannot have victory in your life without joy. It's not possible. You can't even walk by faith without joy. It's not possible. And so, and I'm going to show you that from the Word of God. Boy, I'm so stirred up. I'm going to shut up.